If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 10, verse 13. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. And because of the nature of our, um, of our message, I'm going to ask someone here in a little bit, not just yet, in just a second, um, to read for us. But as I introduce the subject, I want to I read a sentence to you. I want to I make a statement that I think will help us introduce the subject, and it's this. I want you to think about this. Every day, you assign some kind of identity to yourself. So just, just think with me for a moment about what I just said. Every single day of your life, you and I will assign some form of identity to ourselves. So, so maybe the better question is to ask, what or who do you think, uh, you know, who do you, who do you think of your, who do you think you are? And not, not like, like, who do you think you are? Not like that, okay? But like, who do you really think you are? Like, what do you think of yourself? Because all of us, on a regular basis, we're talking to ourselves. Do you know that? Like, every day, there's hundreds of things that you're telling yourself. And the things that you're telling you, the things that you are saying to yourself, they will shape the way you live they will shape the, the way you treat other people. They will shape what you desire, what you think. So, for example, I love that song that we just sang. That song says, you know, talks to, to about the fact that we are children of God. You are a child of God. If you believe that, give me a strong amen. amen. If, you are, if you say in your heart of hearts that you are a child of God, what, you are, what you're saying is that you have been chosen to never grow up. Now, I'm not talking about like growing up mature, like physically, like I'm not talking about maturing physically. I'm talking about owning the fact that you need to be a child in God's eyes. Now, I want to explain that. I wanna, we're, gonna, we're going to dig in a little bit and we're going to dive into what it means. If you're saying that, that I, if, right, you all said it, right? Like we are children of God. But then when it comes to our, our spirituality, we, well, we've got to be spiritually mature. You know, and I get that. I get that. But there's a side of it where God looks at you and he says, I just want you to be like a child. I just want you to be like a child. My, as a father, my kids, and I've done this. My wife has done it. We, we've always wanted to move on, like, on to the next stage in life, right? And my kids, they always want to be more grown ups. They always want to be the adults in the room. They always want to get to the next stage in life. And there's been times when I've had to say, look, 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 you're not ready for that. Not just yet, not just yet. And as a parent, if you have kids at home, there are times when you need to learn to say to them, you know what, honey, you are trying to be the daddy of daddy. And when, you are, when you're trying to be the daddy of daddy, you don't have a daddy. There are times when you as a, as a parent need to learn to say to your kids, you know what, you need to get comfortable with being my son. You need to be comfortable with me and my daughter. You need to, get, you need to be comfortable with being a child. And I want to flip that on you, and I want to ask you today this question, are you comfortable with being a child in God's eyes? Are you comfortable with that idea, with the picture of being totally dependent on him? Because that's essentially what a child does, right? Totally dependent. And so 
because of the nature of our message today, I'm going to ask Jasmine if she would come up here. Jasmine is going to read for us today. You guys give it up for Jasmine. There you go. You can sit here. I'm going to lower this down for you a little bit. Well, it's going up. There you go. Boom. Now, Jasmine, I want you to pretend that you are, can I have that mic? I want you to, thank you, buddy. I want you to pretend that you're Pastor Alex, okay? Are you ready? You're going to be Pastor Alex, yes or no? You got you to gotta read and you got to preach like, I'm, like, like you're Pastor Alex. Are you good? Are you ready? You're ready. Okay. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. Thank you. Give her, give her a little bit of encouragement. This, this crowd is like, man, they're way better than the last crowd. We got we to gotta tell them to like help the 930 crowd. All right. So you said you're ready. I told you to be like Pastor Alex. Are you okay with that? You know, and I, I told her the first service, you know, if you're going to be like Pastor Alex, you had to shave your head. And she laughed, you know. Um, well, I wasn't joking. I'm serious. I'm ready. Like, you got to be like Pastor Alex. Are you ready? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. All right, so let's go ahead and begin. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark 10, verse 13. The verses will be on the screen. Go ahead, Jasmine. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Could you, could you read? You've done great. I just want them to get it. Could you read that, that line again? This right here. Could you read that again? Start from there. Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Could you, could you read that line? You're doing really good. I know I didn't make you do this at the first one, but could you read that line again right here? For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I know that, I know that like they're a little bit slow, so they need, we need to like read it again. So if you, could you read that one last line one more time, please? Because I think they just, they just need to, you know, it's just going to help them. Okay, so right, right there, please. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Awesome. You guys give her a hand. Great job. Proud of you. Thank you, Pastor Chris. So good, man. So good. If you have kids, thank you for allowing us to invest in them because that's what our heart is to just partner with you we want you to know we're not going to tell them anything different than you want to tell them but we want to partner with you and raise you know it takes a village you know that and so i uh, thank you for trusting us with your kids now i want you to look at the verses with me you know i want you to see like what the disciples are doing what were they doing what did they what were they doing like with like so so, so the, some parents have some kids and they're bringing them to jesus and so help me out. What were, what were the disciples doing? What'd they do? They, yeah, that's it. That was the word. They, did you pick up on it? It's, it begins with the nest. They what? They scolded them. What does that mean? Like they got upset. Like what would you do? I mean, like that's not really doesn't make sense. I mean, the disciples of Jesus, like, come on, what, why, what, what's going on in your, like if, if you're bringing your kids to church, like we should applaud you for this, right? Like this is, this is a good thing. But it says that they, what? They, tell me the word again. Scolded. Scolded them. They got angry. 
Those, they rebuked them. This, this word scolded it means uh, it, it expresses sharp disapproval. Like they criticized those parents. They blocked those parents. And of course, Jesus is not going to have any of that. I've always thought that the disciples would not let the kids come to Jesus because maybe, you know, they were playing interference, maybe because, I, I don't know, like maybe the kids were fooling around, like kind of just, like kind of horsing around a little bit, just playing, and then, you know, and the parents, come on, come on, we got to see Jesus, and, and, and somehow, you know, the disciples thought, no, 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 that's not the way you do it, you know, and this, we do this in church a lot, not at this church, but a lot of churches, we, we think that you come into the worship center, that's God's house, you gotta behave, no running around, God's gonna get mad at you. I've always gotten a little bit upset when I hear people say that. Hey, listen, if your kids are, run, if your kids are in church and they're running around, from my perspective, I just want you to know, I think it's cool, I think it's fun. Like, you can make Christianity a place that's safe, but, but fun. Now, I get, I get teaching your kids, you know, being to be, you know, proper and all of that but i think sometimes throughout history we've gone over the top and so when i looked at this passage i've always felt like the disciples were like no 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 following jesus you got to be serious you got to be proper you got to wear your sunday attire you know like you got to wear your suit and tie if you're going to come to jesus and nothing could be further from the truth and jesus if you read the passage you'll see how he reacts to this but i've always thought the disciples Stop the, they stopped the kids from coming to Jesus because of their behavior. But what I picked up this week as I was studying this, that it was they stopped them not because of the kids, but because of their own view of themselves. They stopped the children because of their own view of themselves. And this is why I asked, I asked you that question earlier what do you think about you? Who do you think you are? Very, very important question. What is the thing, what is that one thing that you tell yourself over and over and over? So in the disciples' case, I don't know if this was happening, but they had direct access to Jesus. 24-7. Think about it for a moment. This was, they had his total, complete, undivided attention all the time. All of his devotion. They were just hanging out with Jesus all the time. And I wonder if somewhere along the lines, like if somewhere along this process, they became a little too familiar with Jesus. And I think that's what happens to us sometimes. If you're just stepping in for the first time, we've been looking at the Gospel of Mark. We're in this series where basically there's this movement. We call it Christianity nowadays. They didn't even have a name when it started. And, and it, was, it was so different than it is today but i wonder if the disciples got a little kind of just just used to jesus just having him around and i think that sometimes that happens here like we jesus just you know we go to church we check off the box but it's just kind of the thing that you just kind of get used to it and they would not say this but maybe maybe they thought they were a little bit more deserving because of their access than the children. 
you know, children in that day and age, first century, they had no rights. They had no position, few rights. And the disciples, on the other hand, they're like, man, they're hanging out with Jesus. Everybody wants a, a piece of Jesus. I mean, he's, he's the guy that's healing people. He's multiplying the bread. He's, I mean, he's doing miracles. They're like, it's just one thing. I've, you know, last week, I think we talked about the storm. Like, he spoke to the wind and the waves. And he, you know, so everybody to be a, wanting to be a part of that, that action. And so I wonder if the disciples thought, because of their access... To Jesus, I wonder if they thought they had a little bit of a greater position, a little bit of a, like we, not something that you would say, but just a, a little bit of just, and they did not see themselves as needy as they should have seen themselves. I wonder if they, they, they just thought that they were not as, you know, those children, they, they were definitely needed. You know, they, they, you know, they thought maybe they, they saw themselves not as unworthy because of whatever that you know maybe they thought that they could because of what they achieved because of what they, what they were doing i don't know but what i know is this what i know is that jesus looks at them and he gets angry the word in some translation is the word indignant you remember when jesus flipped the tables at the temple well the reason why he gets upset and he gets angry and he literally flips the tables you know, imagine doing that, right? In, in that day and age where everything is super proper, everything is like, you know, you're coming to the temple and Jesus is like, Phew. the reason why is because there was corruption going on. There was, there was stealing and I'm not gonna get into all of that, but he's like, when he sees, the word indignant means when you see something that is not just and you do something about it. When you see something that is unjust and you get angry, you get upset. And so Jesus, he sees these parents. They're bringing their kids to him. And the Bible says the disciples stopped them. Actually, more than stopped them, they actually you know, rebuked them. And Jesus is like, nope, I'm not going to have any of that. And he gets upset. And I, I say that just, just to say this. You know, there are times in your life when you need to get a little bit upset. And a little bit indignant and a little bit like you know what this is not right this is unjust and i need to do something about it i think as a culture sometimes we live our lives just way too too comfortable and we don't want to offend anybody we don't want to do anything to anyone but there are times when you we need to stand up for what's right and jesus says you know what you guys don't have a clue you don't get that my kingdom operates on a whole nother level it has nothing to do, it's not based on, it doesn't operate on power, money, position, none of that stuff matters to me. In fact, if you, if you want to know what the kingdom of God is all about, study first chapter in first Corinthians. I love this passage, I'm going to put it on the screen, you, you don't have to turn there, but first Corinthians chapter one, verse 26, listen to what God says. He says this, he says, like, if you want to know what my kingdom is about, if you want to know how I operate, let me just tell you. He says this, consider your calling. In other words, he's saying, I want you to think for a moment, I want you to think about yourself for just a second. Okay, I want you to ask, like, what, what, what are some of those things that you're telling yourself? Consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to world, worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Like, like he says, you're not coming from royalty. You're not, like, you're not filthy rich. Like you, I didn't choose you because of your position. I did not choose you because of your influence. I did not pick you because of what you brought to the table. In fact, he says the opposite. He says, but I, God, chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And God chose what is weak 
You can put my name there. God chose those things. Like, like if you feel like, like you don't measure up, okay, then those are the people that God has chosen. So shame this strong. Verse 28, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not to bring to nothing things that are. Why? So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. It's all because of him who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Those are kind of big words, but like redemption, he's talking about how God bought us back. He brought, he redeemed us. He brought us back to himself. Sanctification is talking about the idea that like we're becoming more like Christ day after day after day. And then he says, so that it, as it is written, let the one who boasts, let those who, that are going to brag, let the one who, who boasts, boast in the Lord. If you're going to brag, don't brag about yourself. Brag about what God has done in your life. And so Jesus basically is trying to teach his disciples, he's trying to teach you and me, my kingdom operates on a separate, totally separate way. Not what you're used to. And he looks at his disciples and he gets angry and he says, you know what? You, this is not right. And so if you and I, if we ever look down on someone else, you know, we've dealt a little bit with that this summer. If we ever, if, if there's ever anything where, that you do, because I don't think that we're brave enough to say it, but I think it's our behavior that sometimes tells the way we, what we think and the, what we say uh, or what, the way we behave. But if there's some... If there is someone in your life that you ever say, you know what, I'm not going to be with them because of the way they behave, because of the way they act, or because of whatever. Now, I understand, like, there's times in your life when you have to protect yourself, right? I get that. There's abuse, if there's, like, if it's not good for you, like, emotionally, I get, I get all of that. But if there's ever a time where you feel like you're a little bit more deserving of God's grace, like, you're, like you, you, there's a little bit more, like, God accepts you a little bit more. I want you to know it's not because you misunderstand them, it's because you misunderstand yourself. And that's what's going on with the disciples. It has nothing to do with the kids. It has to do with everything that they're thinking about, who they are and what their position is. And, and sometimes in the church world, we behave a certain way because we go to church and we tithe and we do this and we do that and we, those things make us feel good. And the way we behave with other people is like, oh, you know what? I'm a little bit better than you. I'm a little bit higher than you. But when you look at Christianity, when you look at this movement that didn't even have a name at the time, what you see is moments like this where you see that the grace of God and the cross of Jesus and the kingdom of heaven levels the playing field. That's why we say, we have a phrase that we always say at our church, right? No perfect people. Do you know it? No perfect people. Help me out. Aloud. It doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm your pastor. And, you know, I may have, you know, some, you know, like I got some biblical training. I've been to college four years of Bible studies and three years of seminary. And I've done Greek four years. And three years of Hebrew, I'm glad that's over with. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I got all this. You know, but there's no pedigrees. When, when you give your life to Christ, when, the, when we baptize those people next week, it's not like, the whole, it's not like God is going to say, okay, you know, you're just, this is baby step number one. So you're going to get a miniature-sized Holy Spirit. 
No, there's no junior-sized Holy Spirit. You kidding me? You get all of it. You get the whole thing, the God of the universe. The day you accept Christ says, I am all of me, not just a portion, all of me is gonna be in all of you. And now we don't understand that, right? But that's the way it happens. And so, so when I say like, the, like really like the cross of Christ and the grace of God and the kingdom of heaven literally levels the playing field is because it does and it, we have to be reminded from time to time. All of us need his grace. I don't care how bad they have sinned. I don't care how bad they have behaved. At the end of the day, we're all at the same. We're all alike. We're all undeserving of his favor. We're all like little children. And what God is saying is, Pastor Alex, you need to behave more like Jasmine. You need to have the heart of a child way more because somewhere, somewhere along the line, we're like the disciples. And we get it, we get, I don't know if it's pride, I don't know if we just get, get it confused, I don't know if we just get used to Jesus, and we, or maybe it's just the wrong kind of teaching, but somewhere along the lines, we feel like we have to be like the adults in the room. And Jesus looks at them and is like, no, 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 you have it all wrong. You don't get it, do you? I've been with you 24-7. You of most people should display the most grace, the most mercy, the most love. I mean, you're close to me. You, you should know my heart. And that's why, I think that's why he's getting upset. <laughs> it's like, come on. So we're all alike. We don't have a no power, no position, no prestige, like no rights to demand anything. We're totally dependent on the Father's love. So the question for you today is this. Are you comfortable with being a child in God's eyes? Or are you, like most kids, wanting to just get to the next, next level in life? Are you comfortable with being totally dependent on on him. So Jesus says, verse 14, let's put it on the screen. Let the children come to me, don't stop them. For the, watch this, and I know she read it a couple times. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never what? Will never enter. Those are strong words, but I believe those are words for you and for me. I, th- I don't think that we're just talking about the disciples. I think, I think that the longer you've been a Christian, the more you need this message. And this is a message that I was like, okay, God, you're preaching this to me because I don't always, I'm not, I don't always have the heart of a child. I want to take things under control. I want to do things my way. I want to achieve and I want to earn my place in the kingdom. And I want to behave a certain way so I feel good, so, so that I feel like I can, you know, I can measure up. And God is like, no, 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 you have it all wrong. Showing up to church and checking off the boxes and tithing and this and that, that's great and all. But that none of those things are going to, you're not going to do them so that you can, you can come in. No, no, no. You're only coming in because of my grace and my love for you. And God is trying to change the way you think about you. And God is trying to pull you away from self-dependency, pull you away from trusting in your own wisdom. He's like, come over here. No, 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 you've drifted. I need you to rely on me. I don't want you to rely on yourself, your own strength. And God is, he's trying to move you and I 
from the delusions of adulthood to create, to produce in you a heart of a, heart of a child. It's that simple. So how do we do that? Because I would say, like, all of us are like, okay, I get it. I want to have the heart of a child. I can see it. Help me out. How do I do that? I'm going to give you three super simple steps, okay? You can write them down. There's three simple words. Um, and I'm, actually, I'm going to ask the worship team to, to get on, uh, get ready. We're, we're going to wrap this up. Three simple steps. Before I give you the first one, um, I want to ask you a question. When a child does not get their way, okay? Let, let's just say this. Like when an infant doesn't get their way, let's just say a baby, what's the first thing they do? So let's say it together. Cry. One more time. Cry. They cry, right? If you're going to have the heart of a child, you need to learn to shed some tears. Some of us, we go through, I mean, we go through some things I mean, divorce, betrayal, you know, losing a parent. Our kids are not behaving or they're, they're kind of, they lost their way, you know. And, and we, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's the way that we've been brought up or the, what, how we were taught in, a, in our culture. But we just put up a, a wall and we just, we, we just want to be strong, right? And if you want to have the heart of a child, you need to learn to cry out to him. And get on your knees and, and shed some tears. Tears are good. Say that with me. Tears are good. Tears Say it one more time. Tears are good. Tears are good. So if, if you've gone through a difficult situation, I want you to know your emotions, they're not like from the enemy. Like God's given you those emotions. When Jesus saw a couple of his disciples, they were crying. When he saw them cry, Jesus as a savior of the world, the Bible says he felt something. The actual words are he was deeply troubled and he wept. Why would the commander of the universe have to cry? He knew what was going to happen next, he knew the end of the story. I think he cried as an example to you and to me. Some of you, you're in the middle of worship and God is moving in your heart and you know that, man, like, it's like you're doing everything you can to just hold back the tears. And you know how I know? Because I've been there. I've been hurt. And I've come to a service like this and God has worked in my life and I, I don't want anybody to see me. You ever wonder why we kind of turn the lights down a little bit during the worship? You want to know Why? You, know what, you want to know why we sometimes raise up the volume during worship? It's because we want people to get lost for a minute in their worship. And if they need to cry, if they need to sing, and then their voices are not quite there, <laughs> we want them to be totally focused on what God is doing. And you and I, we put up walls, and we think, oh, what are they going to think? What is he going to say? What are they going to say? And what God is telling you today is, I want you to be more like, like Jasmine. You know? If Jasmine gets hurt, I promise you, she will, she will bring her tears to her father. And God wants the same thing in your life. Number two, ask. When a child wants something, they ask often and unapologetically. 
True or false? True. If you have kids, when your kids want something from you, like they're thirsty, they'll ask you for water. Honey, no, we, we, when we get home, I'll get you a water, right? Two minutes later, mom, dad, can I have some water? Honey, I told you, we're, we're almost home. By 30 minutes, when we get home, you'll have water. Two minutes later, mommy, can I have some water? Honey, when we get home, we're going to get you some water. I promise you. <laughs> Two minutes later, what happens? That's it. Somebody knows. Somebody can understand. <laughs> they ask often and unapologetically. They don't know. They don't know what they're supposed to do or not supposed to do. I um, debated whether I should tell you this or not, but a few years ago, it's not even, it's a family, friends of ours, not even here. We were not in Texas. We were not living in Texas at the time. I was eating out with some friends, their kids, and there was several of us. And one of the kids, he touched his private part, got up on his chair and said, Mommy, I got to go potty, you know, in front of everybody. Like everybody in the restaurant is like, Okay. <laughs> When a child wants something, they ask. And they don't know what they're supposed to do, what they're not supposed to do. They just simply ask. And sometimes our theology gets in the way, our rationale, or, you know, like, wh whatever. And, like, if you lose your keys, like, God wants you to ask him to help you find them. If you, if you, if you have something that, like, to the world, it's like, man, I, I'm afraid to even share this with anyone else because it's not a big deal. Like, God wants you to have the heart of a child. And he's trying to, it's almost like he's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm having to retrain you because you've learned some things that you've got to let go of. And you've been a Christian for way too long. And I want you to have the faith of a child. I want you to behave like them. So you need to learn to ask often, unapologetically. You need to learn to shed a tear every once in a while when you're going through something that's difficult. And last, you need to learn to listen. Listen, listen, listen. But not like, like a child, not like a, an adult, but listen like, like, like with the ears of a child, like with that, you know, kids can be so naive at times. I remember when, when I would tell my kids like bedtime stories, like they would believe any story I would tell them. You could see it in their little eyes. And I, I kind of regret it because I didn't do it as often as I, I should have done it. But the few times that I, that I got with them before they were falling asleep and I told them my story, half of them were made up. And I, you could just see that they were in awe. They, it was so easy for them to just jump in that world. And the beauty of God's word is that like when you look at, when you look at scripture, you see passages like 1 Corinthians. We read it a second ago where God is like, hey, just consider your calling. Just take a moment and just think about who you are. I did not choose you because you were royalty. I did not choose you because you had money. I did not choose you because you had influence. I chose you because you're my child and I love you. And for some of us, it's so hard to listen. We listen, yeah, 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 yeah. But we listen with the, the ears of an adult. Yeah, I get it. I know I'm a child, but I still have to do this. And, I do this, and, you, and we go down the list. And so how you see yourself dramatically changes your world. What you tell yourself every day changes how you deal with other people. 
how you deal with stress, how you take on life. So I'll close with this. One of my favorite lines was in the movie, 2011 movie, The Help. Any of you guys saw it, The Help? And there's a line there, there that really sticks out for me. The maid, Abilene, she's got the little girl that she's taking care of, and she puts her on her lap, and she repeats over and over and over the lines, you is smart, you is kind, you is important. Let's say them together. You is smart, you is kind, you is important. Say, let's say, say it with me, because I want you to retain this. This is a message for you today. Say it together with me. You is smart, you is kind, have you seen it? Have you seen the movie? I think we have the clip. It's 20 seconds. We're almost done. Can we show it, guys? Just real quick. Watch this. I love this. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Some of you need to hear that time and time again from your heavenly father. Some of you need to have those ears that a kid has when a mom or dad is telling them a bedtime story. They don't question this story. They don't question why this or that happened. They just believe. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, would you allow your heavenly father to speak to you, to you today? Would you listen to his words? You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Do you believe that? You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Father, help us. Help us to have the heart of a child. Help us to be a little bit more like Jasmine. God, thank you. Thank you that you do not you do not expect us to be and behave like adults, God. Thank you that you have broken down all the barriers and we can come to you with our tears, with our baggage, with all of our, our mess-ups, and we can jump into your arms like a child does. And we don't have to question everything. We don't have to figure out the solution. We can just simply run to your arms. And we can say, God, I need you. I can't handle this. I don't know what to do. Father, help me, please. Help me, God. Help my thoughts. Help my emotions. Help my, my anger. Help my, my struggles. God, I need you, Father. Would you just cry out to him today? Would you stop being an adult for just a second? Would you just allow him to be your dad? He has been there for you all along. And if you're just turning to him today, he's, you can come to him with open arms. He, he, comes, he receives you with open arms. And you can run to him. And so, Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for what you've taught us through your disciples what your kingdom is all about. We worship you today. And we thank you for your grace and your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.